You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I'm your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we're going to be getting an update from Luminex Resources. If you're not familiar with the company, you can find more information in addition to this interview at luminexresources.com. The ticker symbol in Toronto is LR. And in on the OTC, you can find it under the ticker L-U-M-I-F. Since we last spoke with Luminex, and that interview detailed uh, now about 5 million ounce gold resource they have there at the Condor project in Ecuador. Uh, much has progressed with the company. Uh, being a Ross Beatty company, part of the Lumina Group, it's really not a problem for Luminex to raise money. And they raised $13 million. They also put out some high-grade gold intercepts at the Camp Zone portion of the Condor project announced some positive metallurgical results from the camp deposit and also successfully graduated to the OTCQX exchange. And they're also currently building a new camp to drill a very prospective new target, hopefully later this year or at least early next year. That is called the Coscos project. And here to talk about this new project, as well as all these developments I just referenced, is the president of Luminex Resources, Diego Ben El Kazar, as well as Marshall Koval, returning guest, CEO and director. So welcome, gentlemen. And Diego, I'd like to kick it over to you to start this Coscos project. The market doesn't know much about it yet. Why are you excited about this property? And what is the potential that you see here? Thank you, Bill. Uh, thank you very much for the space here. We have uh, been uh, keen to um, select uh, uh, proliferous ground in Ecuador and uh, uh, basically, what we have uh, in, uh, in Cascas is uh, uh, part of a uh, legacy um, uh, exploration work that was done in, in, in the past. Uh, bits and pieces of information from, uh, you know, a few companies uh, doing uh, detailed geological mapping and some sampling. But, but what we had as far as uh, knowledge of the, of the area in, in Cascas uh, really uh, uh, helped us define the uh, size and location of these uh, sessions. Um, basically, what uh, what has been uh, found uh, through these efforts, uh, which are basically uh, initial exploration efforts, is a uh, two-phase porphyry copper gold mineralized system. Uh, this system is uh, is uh, very very important in size. It's uh, one of those uh, uh, anomalies that uh, complement, uh, you know, uh, basically the idea that uh, we are in elephant porphyry country. And most of these porphyry systems do have expressions of uh, epithermal type minerals. In our case, um, we do have uh, well-defined anomalies of copper in the northern part, and uh, copper anomalies uh, combined or overprinted uh, to copper anomalies in the southern part, Cascas too. The system, as we uh, are defining, has five kilometers by times two and a half kilometers, a coincident anomaly of copper and moly, and a three times 2.5 kilometer coincident gold uh, arsenic anomaly. In, um, when we started the program, uh, the project had some legacy information uh, from uh, uh, running aeromagnetics and radiometric response um, aerial, aerial uh, survey. 
it had some soil and rock geochemistry, but very basic. We've uh, complemented all that information by uh, doing some uh, detailed uh, geological mapping, structural mapping. Uh, early in the, in, in the year, we finished uh, flying a, um, a ZTEM, electromagnetic airborne, airborne system. Uh, and now we are in the process of sampling a soil grid, which is uh, 300 times 300 meter in distance per Per location of every, every uh, sampling station. So we are we're about to finish collecting 670 soil samples for geochemistry and uh, complementing that with about 100 rock geochemistry samples. The Lumina Group has experienced above average success when it comes to finding deposits. So is what you described part of the process that you go about to minimize risk of missing when you initiate a big program like this? Well, the only way that you can be, uh, you know, uh, better, better, uh, I would think, uh, aim, aiming a good target is when you do systematic work. And this is just what we do. We, 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 uh, we do step-by-step, step, uh, you know, the, the process that really will respond to uh, trying to depict and, 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 and narrow uh, better the area that uh, will deserve uh, drilling in, in the future. And even when you come to drilling, you start with scout drilling, of course, to test initially the area. How come no other uh, companies have drilled this uh, target yet? What, what's a little more of the history of the property? First of all, Ecuador is not a mining tradition country. So it's only in the past uh, 15 years that, uh, you know, after major discoveries, uh, Ecuador turned to be a destination investment. Uh, this area in particular has been very, very remote. Uh, the uh, access to the area uh, by road to the edge of the eastern, eastern part of the concession was only built uh, eight years ago. So um, basically, uh, you know, this being so remote and, and, and being uh, um, ancestral territory or for territory for, for local uh, uh, Amerindian people. Uh, we uh, have uh, done a, a very interesting job into uh, complementing, you know, our, our efforts of exploration by running, uh, you know, interesting community programs. So that, that, that's why basically there was not a, truly a barrier of entrance to anybody, but it was so remote and so unknown and Ecuador was not truly a mining and exploration destination. This is Marshall. You know, Diego's being a little bit modest here because one of the key aspects of getting into a remote area in an indigenous uh, territory is how you really deal with the people and, and gaining trust. And, you know, we've, uh, we pride ourselves as a company of having robust social programs, social environmental, good governance. And, you know, Diego was firsthand on the ground helping us work over a long period of time to, to get this access. So it, it isn't uh, a total barrier, but, you know, the trust is a key issue. And, and maybe D Diego can detail some of those uh, steps that we took and how we got there. Are you dealing with uh, uh, a Cosmo vision, uh, which is totally different from the Western vision we, we do have about the, uh, the environment and the, you know, how life uh, develops and, uh, trying to really land uh, your ideas into what they uh, what, what they need and what they'd like to do and have and who they would like to get associated in a way with it takes a long time and building that trust is is really trying to talk their language and not not uh, as a matter of saying you know and uh, and it's um, only possible when you uh, step by step prove that you are there to provide uh, a better a better uh, a situation in terms of health and income, and also to help them, you know, enhance their 
productivity uh, in, in, in different areas. So for us, uh, it, it was a, um, an effort of, of more than a year and a half, uh, you know, talking to the many different uh, institutions. That is it's sort of a, um, an indigenous uh, political structure that you need to uh, talk from the level of the higher hierarchy to the local households. And they all function with the authority of the higher hierarchy level. And so it's a, it's a step-by-step and coming from top down until you can really uh, prove that you're, you're, you're doing anything, you know, any, any efforts to, for them to have a benefit of the company walking around exploring and at the end provide jobs. So it's about trust too, I'm hearing you say, not just about giving them things that they physically need. They don't go for that. Truly, they don't go for that. That, that was the old uh, fashion of uh, trying to accommodate yourself and that's not uh, that's not gonna really uh, create a long-term relationship. The only way that you can really uh, work with them is with uh, you know functional components of a social program. What does it look like for drill permits for a project like this? How is it working with the Ecuadorian government over drill permits? We've had uh, some uh, difficulties uh, from the government to understand the need for uh, you know to expedite uh, permits in uh, in time. But uh, knowing that uh, this is a complex situation, uh, the Mines Ministry uh, did create a, uh, a solution for, for that matter, which is called uh, the Scout Drilling Pro- uh, uh, Program. You can, under, er- under early stage or early exploration stage in a concession, you can apply for a uh, Scout Drilling Permit until you finish uh, obtaining the environmental uh, license. So prior to the environmental uh, license with the scout drilling, you are allowed to drill up to 40 platforms and as many uh, drill holes you could do from from 40 platforms. So that's the way we have been, uh, you know, developing our, our, our grassroots uh, projects. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, the... Uh, this, uh, this has proven to be the solution to, 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 to many, many, many of the companies getting uh, domiciliated in Ecuador. With this project too, I assume you would have to build some roads to get the drills in there. What's that process like and how far along are you? We don't like building roads. Actually, we will be uh, bringing uh, more uh, uh, non-portable uh, rigs. The only road that comes into the, to the town, the so-called Shamataka, uh, will help us bring, uh, you know, the bi-track, the major elements from their own. Everything is, uh, is, is brought in uh, by hand. So what we do, and also the law does, does uh, control that, we use only, uh, uh, you know, uh, very narrow tracks uh, where you have to uh, either uh, hand, 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 hand pull or hand uh, 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 bring the, the, the equipment in. But also we make uh, good use of the rivers coming in. So we are floating uh, the equipment and we're bringing up and down the goods, uh, required goods for the camp. And this is the way that we also bring the samples uh, out of the concession. Marshall, you have these greenfield projects like Cascas, which has a blue sky potential, but then you also have a 5 million ounce and growing gold deposit on your hands with Condor. So at the executive level, how do you make a decision of where to put your efforts and spend the money versus greenfield versus this existing project? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question, Bill. I mean, we're blessed in that we went into Ecuador very early, Diego was the key component of our team starting back in 2013. And as you'll recall, we have uh, the Congrejos project in Lumina Gold, our sister company. And we had built up all these assets through acquisitions of Ecuador uh, gold and copper. And then when they opened up the concession system in 2016, 
2017 timeframe, we acquired a lot of highly prospective uh, projects. So, you know, along those lines, we looked at being primarily a gold player, but we, because of our history in, in Lumina Copper, we acquired some really good copper projects. We spun those off in JVs with Anglo-American and BHP. And so that sort of left us focused on gold. And, and we have other targets besides the Condor project and the Coscos, but Condor and Coscos are our two most prospective areas. Obviously, the 5 million ounce resource at uh, Condor uh, is well advanced. We're doing metallurgical work. We're starting to look at scoping PEA studies. We're, we're doing some initial look at infrastructure and engineering and hope to advance that. But really, when it comes down to it, it's always good to have another pipeline project in the pros prospectivity that uh, Coscos has in this quite large gold anomaly that Diego was talking about. Uh, it really begs to be drilled. And, and so for us, it's a relatively low cost exploration program with a high degree of potential success. So we're really excited to get out and get Coscos drilled. Meanwhile, we continue with our operations at Condor and the camp zone, uh, moving the project along. We have a, a drill going right now. Uh, we have a second drill available. And, you know, with COVID, we're slowed down a bit, but we're, we're moving along. So, um, you know, that's, that's really how you look at things. And I think if we had a situation where we hadn't done so much work with the community at Coscus, uh, we wouldn't even envision drilling right now, but we are so far advanced and we've got good protocols for health and safety uh, with the community and with our projects that we feel pretty comfortable continuing to work at Coscus like we are now. In terms of catalyst for the company, you would have at least four projects with drills running then right now, right? Condor, Coscos, and your two JVs? Well, yeah, I mean, the plans are to drill all of those. Uh, COVID has slowed down both Anglo and BHP, who had plans to be drilling uh, this year. Still may happen. Uh, Condor, we are drilling, and then hopefully uh, by year end, we'll drill the target at Coscus. Marshall, what more can you share about the excellent drill results that you put out since we last talked? Uh, one of the press headlines said, Luminex intersects 25 meters of 3.3 grams per ton gold at the camp zone. Uh, what's the significance of this? Yeah, that was, uh, that was pretty interesting. We have sort of uh, drilled about 500 meters along strike of the camp zone and about 600 meters vertical. A lot of the mineralization is related to these uh, rhyolites that have been intruded and you get breccia zones, um, both in the hanging wall and the foot wall above and below um, the rhyolite. And we have been primarily testing the, uh, the hanging wall side, the upper, upper side of these rhyolites. And this last hole that you referred to, um, we've got deeper into the deposit. And we found that the mineralization is not only in the upper hanging wall and in the rhyolite itself where it's been broken up, but it continues into the foot walls. So, you know, that was uh, towards the tail end of our, our drilling. I, I believe the last hole we published was hole number 33. And uh, so we've, uh, we've been really happy with that. So now we're looking at going back to the Northwest um, and looking at some shallower targets on some, uh, some areas that we've recently got access to. And we'll continue to look at drilling there. You also did some initial engineering work with metallurgical results that you announced. It says 95% gold recoveries and 80% silver recoveries. Uh, can you elaborate on this a little, please? 
Yeah, we had, this is some of the, you know, I've been in the mining industry some 40 plus years and I've done a lot of metallurgical work and a lot of projects. And this is the camp zone itself is one of the better metallurgical responses that we've seen in laboratory testing. You know, we had um, 300 kilos of uh, core samples sent to a laboratory Plenge, laboratory Plenge in Lima from 14 holes. And, you know, if you look at, um, we had a low-grade, high-grade, and uh, medium-grade sample that we did. And if you look at how in current metal prices, you know, gold is probably 85% of the um, of the revenues, and silver is another sort of 6-7%. So, you know, about 92%, 91, 92% of the revenues of the camp zone is going to come from gold and silver. And we've got excellent response on that. You recover sort of um, 33, 34% of um, gold in a gravity concentrate alone. There's coarse gold. We've actually seen visible gold in the core. And then the rest of it, you run through a leaching cycle through a CIL treatment plant where you uh, leach bulk concentrates after the, the gravity circuit. So that gives us the 95% gold recovery. And then there's also, after you leach it, you've got the potential to recover lead and zinc in a concentrate. So if you look at silver, gravity, CIL, and, um, and zinc, lead zinc concentrate, you recover about 80% of the silver, 56% of the uh, lead, and 62% uh, of the zinc. And the other thing that was kind of interesting, it was pretty low cyanide consumption. So all those things bode real well for real positive metallurgical response. And also, finally, uh, it didn't require real fine grinding to liberate the gold. You know, you liberated about 97% of the gold in a fairly coarse um, ball mill uh, circuit, you know. So that bodes really well for the metallurgy at the camp zone. And, you know, we've done other metallurgy historically um, at Los Cuyas, Soledad, Enma, China Pinza, and, and Santa Barbara, some of the other resource areas at Condor. And, you know, the metallurgy there is usually sort of 80 to 90 percent gold recoveries for most of those areas. So metallurgically, the Condor project has uh, shown us a very good response. Um, to gold recoveries and, and other metals. And what is the plan for balancing engineering studies with expansion drilling? Can you speak to that? What should investors expect with this project? So we've uh, we've done some work to try to extend uh, the strike length, and and we're we're doing some drilling that has been uh, uh, sort of step out drilling quite a ways, trying to define other areas where the camp zone might continue. We know more or less where the camp zone is now. And uh, what with the resource estimate that we published recently, the real focus is less so much on drilling today, but stepping back and trying to scope a project that we can move forward with a PEA. You know, probably looking at uh, around the $1,500 an ounce gold range as a, a base case. And so we're working with mining engineers. We've got these metallurgical results now. So, you know, the project shifted a bit away from just an all-out drilling program. We'll continue to drill as, as we go along. But now we're trying to focus on can we define an engineering project that looks, looks good. 
Haywood uh, has done some research. They, they put forth their plans on what they view the potential project might look like in a production scenario. And, and we're doing our own work internally um, as well. Excellent. So as investors look towards the end of 2020, are there any other catalysts for the company that they should be aware of? Well, I think, as I mentioned earlier, our partners in BHP and Anglo, and hopefully they'll uh, be able to get to the field. I know they both want to start drilling. They've already defined drill targets. BHP at Tarkey uh, has a program defined in a real high-grade um, copper area sort of work that we've done has been plus 1% copper and, and rock outcrop and, and soils. So they'll be drilling that target. And then Anglo-American has defined a geophysical anomaly that's real uh, perspective for copper. And they've done a lot of uh, surface geology and such a prospect called Medusa. And hopefully we'll see them drilling as well. So, you know, I think if we weren't in the COVID area, we'd have, like you mentioned earlier, we, you know, in the next little bit, we'd have four or by the end of the year, have four drill rigs going on four different projects. And, uh, you know, hopefully that'll still happen uh, sooner than later. Excellent. Well, Marshall and Diego, thank you for the update. And if you want to learn more, please do, as I said at the beginning, go to luminexresources.com. The ticker symbol again in Toronto is LR. And on the OTC, it is L-U-M-I-F. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me today. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty dollars or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10-for-1 returns as there is in small-cap and micro-cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident. And just do your work as best you can. Do your very best. But don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents. But it requires commitment.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.